in the words of Omowali Malcolm X, to educate a man is to educate an individual. To educate a woman is to educate and liberate a nation. In celebration of International Women's Day, African Queens, a 10-part series honoring our ancestors through their shared stories, empowering and educating through history. We celebrate the lives of these powerful sheroes, including Nani of the Maroons, Kandaki, Mbuyo Nahanda, Ya Esantiwa, Queen Nandi, Empress Menen, and many more. African Queens, this is African Queens, a series that aims to share the often unheard stories of our ancestors through the lens of our modern-day sheroes. In this episode, we hear from the Deputy Mayor of Bristol and Europe's first Rastafarian councillor, Asha Craig. Asha took part in the original African Queens exhibition with Rosanna Africa, when she chose to embody and learn about Nanny of the Maroons. Welcome to African Queens. Educating empowering and inspiring. Everyone believes that the African story stops and starts with slavery. I can assure you, it goes way beyond that time. My real interest is, because my parents are Jamaican, I obviously claim my Jamaican heritage, but I'm also African as well. The queen that really draws me to her over and over again, and I suppose in some regards, she reminds me of myself in so many ways. And I was talking to my, my partner about black history and the history of Jamaican heroes and sheroes in Jamaica. And he said to me that the huge difference between Jamaica or the Caribbean and, and England is that from primary school, they are taught about those sheroes and heroes. He has known about Nanny of the Maroons, who I think I channel a lot of, but he's known about Nanny of the Maroons and so many other Jamaican queens and heroes and African heroes from primary school. We're not taught any of that in our schools. We are only fed half of our story, not the full story, particularly in our city here in Bristol. We are going to try and redress the imbalance and look at how we can bring our history, the positive impact that those queens and other sheroes have had over many, many years, not only globally, but also here in our city. It really is important. We have to know self, we have to know who we are, where we come from, and really understand that our story is not the whole story. And unless we either go and seek the truth for ourselves, it's really important that the curriculum and through our education system that we get to share the great stories of these amazing queens alongside Elizabeth herself. Rah, rah, rah. Another day in the motherland. About to share our story. It's time for us to tell the story the real way it needs to be told. It's time for us to re-narrate our narratives. <laughs> Nani, Nani, Nani. Nani of the Maroon when she ran away. Nani was a leader of the Maroons in Jamaica and she was born around late 17th century because it's hard to really pin down the actual dates of when she was born and when she died. 
because the records aren't really great. She led the Maroons in uh, many rebellions against British settlers and she just proved herself time and time again as a military leader who came into her own. And in her lifetime, she was a symbol of unity and strength for her people during times of crisis. And again, I was asking my partner, I said, how would you describe Nanny of the Marines? And he said she was smart, she was fierce, she was fearless, she was strategic, she was a general, she was a soldier, but she was also very powerful and also very mystical. And he says he remembers her story from when he was around five, six years old, the message and the, and the story of Nanny and the, the Marines fighting for their freedom is well known, particularly in Jamaica, but also in the Caribbean. She was known by both the Marines and the British settlers as an outstanding military leader. She was particularly important in a fierce fight that happened with the British during the first Maroon War. Uh, and that war took place between 1720 and 1739. And although she has been immortalized in many, many songs and, and legends, there's so many different facts around Nanny or in some affectionately known as Granny Nanny in some parts of Jamaica that have been really well documented. And what we know of her, she was, so this is not me, so I'm not describing me. All I'm saying is, <laughs> I feel like I channel her, her strength. But she was actually quite a small woman, quite little. She had very piercing eyes. Her influence over the Maroons was so strong. And as my partner said to me, it seemed to be supernatural. She had these mystical powers. And she was said to be connected to the powers of Obia. And many of you will know that Obia in Jamaica in the Caribbean is a so-called form of, of witchcraft. In the African culture, spirituality is very, very important, and it's always been. So I am not surprised that some of the queens have some, I don't know, some people are going to call it supernatural power. Uh, I call it more of a, a, a spiritual practice that they had. And that's a, it's just a part of their culture. And I believe probably most of those queens, part of their power, re rely on their spirituality. As Christos said, spirituality is a really important aspect of African culture and, you know, phenomenon that we see and describe in the West today can, the same phenomena can get described in a different way, in a different culture, because they've got a different language to understand it and a different worldview and different kind of customs that make sense of different things. The nature of African spirituality is very misunderstood. Some people, not only misunderstood, some people don't know it exists. So when we talk about, for example, the Haiti revolution, where there are a role for women, we talk about Macandal and Bookman and Destaline and all that, but there are figures, female figures, within that story that could be talked about another time. But our African spirituality has been a very critical part of our weaponry in African liberation. And it cannot be underestimated, but because we had our spirituality literally beaten out of us, we're terrorised into not practising it. 
eventually forgot it, were taught to look at it as something that was evil. Welcome back to Primetime News. Obia versus spirituality. At least one practitioner believes the two should not be confused. Since the revelation in Parliament about the proposal to decriminalize Obia, we've been seeking reactions from Obia men. Now you would understand that based on the sensitivity of the issue, many of whom we reached out to did not want to appear on camera. So when we hear these stories and we heard terms like voodoo and Obia, it has this kind of mystical spookish kind of tone to it when actually we're talking about how our ancestors and our women in particular related to nature, related to the planet, related to the things that are there but you don't see, who relate and draw power from those sources in order to fight battles. She was particularly skilled in organising the guerrilla warfare that was carried out by the Eastern Marines to keep the British troops away. The troops had attempted to penetrate them in the mountains. How they escaped for so many years is because of where they were based in the mountains and in the hills. Now these Maroons fled to the mountainous areas of Jamaica where it was so difficult for the British to try and follow and capture them. So they formed their own independent community as free men and free women. It was so difficult for the British to actually really seize power and overcome them. So I know that there were many, many battles over those years. The British were not happy. She was a really clever guerrilla fighter. Like I said, she was a strategic planner when it came to warfare. She just confused up the British. Uh, and like I said, the accounts of the many fights and the many infractions that happened over many, many years just reflects on the fear for which the maroon traps caused among the, the British. So besides inspiring her people to ward off the British troops, Nanny was a leader. She was a, a type of a kind of chief, <laughs> chief death. You know, the, you always have the wise men of the village. Well, she was the wise woman of the village. And she just, she helped to pass down legends of, of stories and histories. And she encouraged the continuation of customs, music and songs that had come with our people uh, from Africa, which instilled them with the confidence and pride uh, that we still have. So I know that her spirit of freedom was so great that in 1739, when Kweo signed the second treaty, uh, the first was signed uh, by Kuju. Kuju was her brother, was her only sibling, I believe, for the Marines in the Leeward Islands a few months earlier. And so they signed a second treaty with the British. And it was reported that Nanny was so angry that in a disagreement with the principle of peace with the British, for her it meant just another form of subjugation. And she wasn't having it, you know. This woman was not happy whatsoever. So, as I said before, there are many, many legends that surround Nanny among the Maroons. And some even claim that there were several women that were lead, different women that were leaders of different kind of sects or different, you know, I suppose when you have an army, you have different military outfits within the overall army. So it was interesting to hear that she had also put some women in charge of those military units also. 
So her legends are highly, highly documented. But, you know, for me, it was about her courage and she was just an inspiration in the struggle to maintain that spirit of freedom and um, the independence, which was rightfully theirs. Remember, they didn't take slaves from Africa. They took talented Africans. They took surgeons, engineers, physicians, musicians, and enslaved them. They didn't take slaves as we were traditionally taught. I know that in the 80s, in Jamaica has like a has acknowledged all of the Jamaican heroes and shearers. I know that in 1982, Nanny of the Maroons was actually conferred the Order of the National Hero by the Jamaica government. And so that formally, you know, she was given that highest honour that you could achieve even in her death as an acknowledgement of the uh, great contribution that she had made to Jamaica's fight for freedom from the British. So I just want to acknowledge that, again, in the history books, everybody always reads about the kings and the emperors and who did what. And women, let alone black women, African women, Caribbean women, who were queens, who were leaders. Zordi II, Queen Cleopatra, there are so many women, but for me, Nanny, I feel like I channel and embody her so much more. And I have to admit, I jumped at the opportunity when Christelle Pellicure held her own African Queens exhibition a couple of years ago. And she asked if I would dress up and embody a queen. And she asked me which one. Uh, and again, the, immediately I said I wanted to do Queen Nanny. She wasn't made up. She wasn't wearing kind of golden crowns and shredded. She looked very much in her day-to-day -day rags, her head wrapped and just looking like a militant woman. I embody her and so many other women, I think, embody her in so many ways. So Nanny is in the history books and I think it's important, uh, particularly for those of us who come from Jamaica. You know, remember, for many of us who came here in the 50s and the 60s, the Jamaican and Caribbean community was the largest community and we are still very sizable. Yet we have never, in all the years that I could talk to my children, are we actually even taught anything about the different communities and, and migrant communities and refugee communities that came and helped to build this country? No, I do not think so. And so we need to try and redress the imbalance and look to the curriculum right across the country, you know, nationally government having to take steps that we can inform young people, black and white, of the enormous contribution that women and queens like Nanny have made. African Queens is produced by Sound Women Southwest Network in collaboration with Rosanna Africa and supported by the Audio Content Fund.